Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 42. Until you really do that inner work and you're okay with you and that I can sit here and I'm like, okay, I'm doing the podcast, we're filming this and I'm sitting in my bed right now with like scrubs on but this cute jacket you know with my headboard like the lighting's not great I have a clean laundry to fold over there probably should get to the bathroom at some point eh, but until you really get to this yeah. place of it's okay right right because yeah. what matters first is my mental health the way I'm feeling because I cannot show up for my best friend, mm -hmm. my sister, my husband, my children. I can't show up for clients. I can't show up for anyone before I show up for myself. Mm -hmm. Hello and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you are going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. I'm really excited to have my guest, Jenny. She and I actually met on Clubhouse. So this is actually the first time that we've seen each other, right, in person. So I'm very excited to have her here. We're going to talk about her ADHD journey. And then I want her to share some tips on self-care and then also why is community so important to her. So hey, Jenny, how are you today? Oh my goodness. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show and podcast. It's an honor. Thank you. I Thank you for it. coming. Yeah, absolutely. I was excited about getting you on here. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay. Origin story or <laughs> just a little bit about your background, your mom, just, just a little bit about How you. Far back are we going? You can go way back if you like. <laughs> So to summarize my life a little bit, I was actually born into a little humble family with my parents. They were married very young. So I was born into a family with teen parents, which had their own, you know, struggles and challenges being so young with a newborn and a baby. So they worked, they worked a lot. And I grew up very independent because of it. I later then, you know, they had my sisters and I tried to help fill that role the best that I could and be responsible for them. And I just watched my parents. I watched, I mean, we were just so poor, like poverty poor. But I watched how they never gave up mm. fulfilling their life, achieving their dreams. They set goals, they accomplished them. And that was something I always admired with them. But I also, you know, was seeing just how important this thing called a job was, mm. right? So as a young girl, I began to piece together, oh my goodness, like if you don't have a job or you lose your job or there's nothing you can do, that means we're cutting back on what food is available for yeah. the week and, you know, other utilities. And so we had to live very humbly and frugal and... I'll never forget. I, I mean, it's so funny. I will never forget a moment where I think I was, I want to say four or five years old. And it's just such a pivotal moment for me. And I asked my mom if I could have 25 cents to go get a candy bar because in my day, a candy bar costs 25 cents. So <laughs> I, and she's, no, we didn't have a quarter 
like, but if you find one, by all means. So, you know, looking through the couch cushions, which if anything was found in the couch, it the went towards, the, yes, it went towards <laughs> gas, you know, mm -hmm. it just, but not the candy bar. And I said, can you just write a check? I remember she said, no, explain that to me. And in that moment, I decided for myself. I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know when, but I will never work for someone else. Mm. I will always work for myself at four years old. Wow, that is amazing. Yes. So, and I mean, did I later in the year, my years work for someone else? Of course, getting into the job market and obviously. Um, you know, fast forward a few years, I'm 15, weren't really supposed to legally hire, hire till 16, but I kept just like, like just barraging this place, this, like this corner on the, you know, little corner mart gas station down the street. And I knew that they would hire 15 year olds part-time sometimes. And I would take in my piece of paper with my phone number every single Saturday from the day I turned 15, every single Saturday applying for a job. Well, they eventually said, okay, let's get this girl a chance. And some of the older employees, you know, they're like high school girls, college girls, didn't really like it, um, but they, you know, wanted to sneak off when the boss went away and <laughs> just say, hey, Jenny, you've got this. You can run a convenience store, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> and so, again, I figured it out and did it well and, and you know, it was impressive. But I did indeed keep my promise and work for myself. So started with lemonade stands, selling golf balls at the local golf ball course back to the golfers. <laughs> so would lose them. Funny. Yeah. That is so funny. That's awesome. That's I think Warren one. Buffett did that. So <laughs> wow. I thought it was my great idea, but fine. That's we can share funny. it. <laughs> but you know, and then a uh, little bit older high school, I got all my friends together. I started a babysitter's club nice. because that book came out. The babysitter's yes. club book came yep. out. Yeah. And that I think is where community, I saw the value in community with the babysitter's club because since I had created it and brought my friends on then I was the first name on the list mm. and it was known this is my, my group. And so it just naturally held me in a, in a higher place, so to speak, mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. it came to uh, couples looking for a babysitter, they wanted the founder of this babysitter's club right? and would pay me a little extra more and regularly before they moved down the list. And so seeing that and knowing, okay, like your friends can be friends that will be a community. You can work together. You can build something together. You can mm -hmm. make money together. So all of those experiences just worked their way throughout my life. And yeah, until and I became older. And even today, you have owned multiple businesses, right? Because you're said okay. you said that you're not even in the direction of creating another business. So you've even done it literally throughout your life. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My whole life. Um, so my grandmother, who's my dad's mom, she at the time uh, had been doing nails as a nail technician for oh my gosh, like. 40 years or mm. something crazy. Like she started out as an educator with CND is one of their first educators. So, I mean, I don't even think she had to attend a nail school. She almost was just trained and grandfathered in. Wow. <laughs> so uh, it was incredible. She's still to this day is doing nails. I, I don't get it, but she, she did say to me, you know, I, 
and her daughters did nails. So I have a couple aunts who did nails and then their, their daughters, a few of them chose to do nails. And so she was always kind of pushing me like, do nails, do nails. And I thought, no, no, I'm no way I'm going to grow up and buy designer clothes and be wearing like a Louis Vuitton suit and red bottom heels. And that's what I'm going to be when I grow up, like <laughs> some important like businesswoman, apparently. And <laughs> millionaire whatever that was in my head at the time and and you're still gonna get there <laughs> i'm I gonna get out there for you <laughs> thank you thank you my goal is to hit a million dollars before 40. nice very nice so that is my goal i put it out to the universe that I, will, <laughs> I will make a million dollars before 40 and have it in the bank i mean <laughs> If and when I do get there, I promised the people that were the most influential in my life at five thousand dollars. So I have their names saved. I truly very do. cool. That's very cool. So I can give back. But yeah, I just continue to write as a hobby and didn't really have much of a plan of where I wanted to go. My parents ended up divorcing. And so now I'm 18, right? Mm -hmm. My dad's out of the house and I'm proud of them for hanging on as long as they did. I mean, to be married at what, six, 15, 16, 17 mm. to for 20 years, that's, that's quite a stretch. Yeah. Like they, you know, and, but they worked a lot. And so I was glad I had the independence I had, but when I turned 18, my mom just said, I can't have you here anymore. You know, I, I can't. And I'm like, but I'm in school now. Cause I, I worked, I worked mm -hmm. my whole life. You know, I always worked. I always made my own money, worked through junior high, worked through high school, but she, it, she couldn't, she couldn't afford to feed me really. Mm -hmm. You know, she had only so much of child support and I was 18 and yeah. I had two siblings to take care of. So I, I so she uh, asked me to leave. <laughs> so I did. Mm. And luckily linked up with a friend. We found an apartment and a job the same day. She had a car and I had to quit school and just work. And, you know, it was rough because it's not what I wanted to do. But I was on my own two feet. And I was okay with that for the time being. And, and then I just got really overwhelmed. I, I was like, I, I need to be, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here, you know? So I moved from Utah to LA. Mm. I had a friend who lived out there and just a great, great guy. He was in the music industry as a engineer or a producer, both actually producing and engineering. And it was, it was hard. It was hard to find work out there. It was hard to make friends out there. We were in the Valley. It just, you know, and I missed home a lot. I just had this feeling. I was like, I have to get back to my hometown, which was Utah. Mm -hmm. I have to get back to Utah. I just feel it. I feel it. And he respected that, of course, and uh, did what he could to help support me. Mr. Ex-boyfriend, but still friend, drove out and picked me up and packed, packed me up and brought me back to Utah. And then my Grandma asked again, come do nail school. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I started doing nail school. And I, and she charged me just what it cost her. So it was affordable. Yeah. I mean, without that, there's no way I could have done it. But as soon as I started learning the craft of how to do nails, you know, and which is beyond manicures and pedicures, but mm -hmm. really doing the enhancements and mm -hmm. sculpting mm -hmm. out the acrylics yeah. and gel, like hard gel nails. And that it just, it gave me something to like hyper focus on. Mm -hmm. 
and be a perfectionist mm. with it. Gotcha. As well as having incredible conversations with the women that I'm, I'm holding hands, their hands yeah. for hours, you know, and I just completely, completely fell in love with the whole service and industry. So yeah, I, I don't know if you want me to keep going, but I No, that's I, great. But it's really interesting to hear your path, Jenny, because our next question is about the ADHD piece, right? Where mm -hmm. there was a lot of decisions going on in your life. And don't get me wrong, there was a lot of um, turning points, things that forced you to make some of those decisions. Oh, yeah. But we as ADHDers tend to try different things. We tend to go ahead and take risks like mm -hmm. you moving to LA. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit first before we tie it all together. Tell us why did you decide to go after your diagnosis, your ADHD diagnosis? And then what were you diagnosed with? Okay. So for me, it actually I never really considered it in so to speak because I had definitely suffered with uh, moments of depression and mm -hmm. anxiety general generalized anxiety disorder insomnia mm -hmm. was horrible for me when I was 16 years old is when the insomnia got so bad I had suffered from, it's a chronic illness called endometriosis mm. from the time I was 13. So add that on top of everything. And, you know, they don't know what causes it, what fixes it. So from age 13, I'm taking, you know, naproxen and ibuprofen and uh, what like mydol and all of these blood thinners and yeah. just for years and years and years and just dealing with it the first legal document i signed at 18 years old was to have my first surgery mm -hmm. laparoscopic surgery for the endometriosis i've had four since but different stories so then a year later, second one, by this point, I'm still working in an apartment with my friends. Things are going well. I'm saving money. She begins to start kind of partying. Her parents kind of would save the day if she didn't meet bills. So I had to get out of that environment. I didn't feel comfortable there because I'm just surviving at this point. So that's when I kind of couch surfed some friends' houses for a while and then went, took off to Los Angeles, came back, got settled, started nail school. And I just really grew up in that time period. Mm -hmm. I think moving the state and just being a fish out of water mm -hmm. was, was so good for me. But on the flip side, it was, it was lonely, mm -hmm. you know, not having friends. The guy I'm with is working crazy hours. Mm -hmm. It's like JLo's in town for 72 hours. So I'll be back in three days. I'm like, what? Like these studio sessions. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. I mean, I don't know if you ever, I, well, I do. I, that should be fine. Um, but anyway, it just was like, no. Insane. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I wasn't happy. I started, the anxiety got worse. Insomnia got worse. Depression mm -hmm. got worse. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, again, I never considered ADHD. I never, I never crossed my mind because it was always anxiety or, de or depression, you know? So I have this strong, strong feeling to move back to Utah. I just intuitively in my soul, it was like, get back there, get back there. So once I did, I got myself set up, own apartment, have the car, I'm making payments to, I finished nail school and I started taking on clients. So I'm, now I'm starting to build my clientele. I'm okay. working at salons, 
this is the moment. I'm having conversations with incredible women, but it's like the schedule gets packed, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm booked back to back to back and it's time management, never a strength. So I'm like, have to wear a watch on my like wrist. So while I'm, you know, filing, I can see the, the time and just all these little tips and tricks to stay on task. But then I'm very empathic. So I become very invested in these stories they're telling me and stopped working. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. So it became this joke, right? It became a joke amongst my clients that like, Oh my gosh, I swear you're ADD. You have, you're so ADD, right? Like how much is that worth thrown around? Right. And you're just like, oh, like, that's not nice, but okay. And I said, you know, maybe a little bit, but I always, again, I chopped it up to my anxiety, like I've, anxiety, anxiety, whatever. So then, um, I actually hit, and, and that was a uh, company num- number one. I built a, I uh, was the owner of a salon. Okay. So, so that, that was the first one. And I'm, I had reconnected with a great friend of mine when I moved back to Utah, which is why I think it was time I get mm. back to Utah. We had reconnected. I wanted nothing to do with men or dating at all at this point. So, of course, he shows up, right? Got Went from boy to man after being in the military. And just instantly, I knew. I'm like, that's my husband. I just, and I said it out loud. I was like, I said his name. And I'm like, I'm going to marry this man. Okay. And I was like brushing my hair, brushing my teeth. And then I had to stop myself and go, what? Like you're, what? Who's like, who said that? Right. (laughs) Who said that? And then I said it again, I'm going to marry his name, this guy. And, and it was just this surreal moment because I, it was the farthest thing from my mind. I'm, I'm focused on building up my clientele. I'm focused on making money as much as I possibly can. I'm focused on taking care of my younger siblings. If they need Mm. me, I'm focused on getting a new car. Like I just, a cell phone where you had to pay for minutes. Like, yeah, it was just like, (laughs) I had other things to consider. Uh, But it just made sense there was like this feeling there that like I couldn't shake it's like I knew he was my person Mm -hmm. and due to my own trauma and attachment style Mm -hmm. and that I didn't know at the time and things I tried pushing him away. I opened up very slowly when it came to how much emotional trust I was given to him. And he always was just there and so patient and no expectations. And his line was, let's just go with the flow. (laughs) We'll just go with the flow and see what happens. And I'm like, okay. But it ended up being great, right? Uh, Yeah. So now I'm committed. I'm committed at this point with him and he wants to marry me and we get married. We're both in, go back. I start college again, back in school with him at this point. Um, and he's in his classes and I'm in mine. I'd finish now school. Then we move to, and then I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford to continue on with college. I didn't have help, you know, from my parents or family. And so I, uh, just use Pell Grants and what I could at the time. And when they were gone, they were gone. So we move, we get our own place up in the city. This is Salt Lake City. And we get, uh, we're married. We get our own place. We get pregnant, right? And all I wanted to do is be a mom. So I'm like, this is great. You know, I can work from home. And if and when I want to have children, then I'm in control of my schedule, right? 
So I thought it'd be a great plan, have our daughter and move on. And then I get this like phone call from an old high school friend saying, don't you do nails? Yeah. Well, oh, I'm like head of this, uh, the head esthetician at this new hotel they're building in Park City and we need a nail technician. Can you come up here? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I pull it up online. It's Montage Dur Valley. Mm. I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> You're I, like, I'm coming. <laughs> I think I, you know, for you, absolutely. That's too funny. <laughs> like, whatever you need. So I take on this position, which I learned so much. Again, just about not nails. I was already kind of talented and had a skill doing nails. I, you know, I, I made the good tips. I was working on getting past that imposter syndrome and charging higher prices. Still not attaching any of it to ADHD. No clue, right? No clue. So start doing nails. I'm working with incredible people just in, you know, the one percenters of the world, but they're fantastic women and men. And I would never read their like VIP list before I would go meet them. So that turns into, I'm like now doing a pedicure and manicure on the president of not Montage Gervelli, but Montage Hotels. Wow. Because they just set it up. Right. So I start making, and he just, he's like, how's it going in the spa? What needs to be better? Like, just curious. And I'm like, well, and my brain being this creative problem solver, like you need this, 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 that, this, this, and that, and charge it this way and don't discount. Discounts are cheap. We're going to add on da, 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 da. So he's impressed with me and asks, or some advice, I'm able to help contribute, which now I'm doing celebrity nails, which if you're in the hair or nail or beauty industry, that's kind of the, the goal you want to hit. I'm going to be a celebrity stylist, right? But once I hit it, it was like, wait, now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so then we, uh, again, we were able to rent uh farther uh, more south of of Park City right I like I want to open my own space I open my own salon well I worked for another salon for a little while until I could do this open my own salon it goes really well and clients great rapport good money good tips the whole thing but my body just starts I mean, I'm getting older. I got pregnant with my second daughter, had her, you know, so I'm just really, you know, back at work at this point, tired, just really starting to feel it. Clients continue to joke. Colleagues continue to joke that I have ADHD. And I just, you know, it was just so overused. Again, didn't consider it. Then I finally start, you know, feeling not so great at this Mm. point so this would have been about five years ago and I we we were lucky to buy a home uh finally at this this point in time and so I'm like okay I you know close this salon but I will make a little she shed like a little studio um, outside in my yard and just still do a few clients here and there, mm-hmm. which I continue to do. And it was great. I'm working from home. I could do, you know, a couple set of nails whenever we needed the income. And it was, it was great. And then I start getting more and more tired. Like I'm not myself, mm-hmm. not myself at all. I like work bed, work bed, work bed, just if my children had an activity, it's like, I couldn't even fathom it. Yeah. 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 Like even, um, going to the grocery store, right. To pick up an item. 
it's like it felt like the most difficult thing in the world to do mm-hmm. not because i was depressed not because i was anxious but because my body was just exhausted exhausted yeah i get it and yeah it was just that feeling of okay i'm going to walk in there then i have to walk to the aisle and then back pay for it walk out of the store it 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 could have it might as well have been like an uh, an iron man competition like it just felt like so much work to me so i'm like something's wrong i start seeing a doctor and requesting lab work and he unfortunately was not paying attention to my health that was trending downward and he's like oh your iron's just low because you have endometriosis like let's get you on a supplement let's do iv iron infusions i would feel okay a couple weeks but or like a couple days then a couple weeks later i'm like exhausted finally one day i I am in my studio. I finish up with a client. I walk into the house and I just lay down on the floor. And I'm like, I cannot make it to the bedroom, which was maybe 10 feet, 15 feet. Like, I I can't make it. So my sweet husband, like, picks me up, puts me in a bed. We go to sleep. I wake up in the morning. Like, he, he had a teaching. He was teaching the next day. So he comes home and looked at me and he just said, I just looked just white, just like this, like gray almost Mm. and pale. And that he said, my energy, my aura looked like dim. And he's like, I think you need to go to the ER. And I, and I was like, okay. And I'd had this migraine for three days on top of it. So they take me to the emergency room, come to find out I had a GI bleed, Hmm. which had gone undetected for three years. Three years. Wow. Three years. Because it was so slow, I just adjusted. I started to adjust. And that, and just kept, you know, you keep working you keep pushing because you know here's my parents right you you just don't give up and it's not about that you work for what you what you want and you push through and you don't complain and blah 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 the whole thing and so I did I did and and almost killed me so um next thing I know they're admitting me to the ICU and I was there for eight days. This uh, seven days was um, them, you know, I had like a pick line and IV bags keeping me alive. I had a great physician. I was so lucky to have this great physician there and gastroenterologist. Um, we had to do three upper GI scopes to repair my stomach because I mean just years of taking right. blood thinners and ibuprofen it just caught up to me so when they went to repair the one it's like another one would tear open and then the stress so it was like this ulcer that he was trying to repair but my stomach lining's just so thin so that you know third time's a charm and I will spare you from any other details. I don't want to be triggering at all for anyone, but it was a close call. Mm. And in that moment, I, I had this choice of the type of energy I was going to pay attention to. Mm. So maybe like a nurse would come in and I would pick up on, I'd start to see these like very like negative flashes of just, you know, like a, 
a graveyard or a scary haunted house or, you know, like a, a wilted rose, like just these random kind of negative uh, okay. images. And then she would leave and then another nurse would come in and, and I could just hear their voices, you know, hi, you know, they'd say their name and I'll never forget this one woman. And I could, and she would come in and she would clean the room every day. So she, she wasn't a nurse, the hospital employee, she cleaned the room every day. And she is who had the most impact on me because she would, she'd clean up and she kind of keep her eye on me. She's this beautiful Jamaican woman. And when she'd come into the room, I would get these images of, you know, like, the sun shining mm. or the beach or a uh, flower blooming, right? So po very positive things. Mm. And so as I was laying there, completely helpless, completely surrendered over to this machine that's my body, you know, mm -hmm. to just do what it does best and survive. And not hold any thought or it was like no control yeah in that moment it was nothing it was not in my hands mm -hmm. and i just i i prayed and I focused on the positivity and I would just, just hold these positive images so closely in my mind. And I'm sure she was very welcoming. Like when you saw her each day, it was like oh, taking yeah. that breath, that moment. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. it was a good yeah. moment. Yeah. Good moment. And she, she whispered to me, how are you doing today? Like, I'm getting stronger. Okay, good. And she just pat my hand and say, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. This too shall pass. Every day. Yeah. And so I just held on to that mantra and just held on to the positive images. And the positive, just I stayed as positive as I could in that moment. And recovered, got to go home. And it took another good year to just really recover. Mm. I had to like let the salon go. I had to let my clientele go of 10 plus years. Wow. And just focus on myself mm. for the first time. And my family. So it was like my children, my husband, and myself, and my health, and just getting that back. Mm. And it was so difficult because I'm like, oh, I just like organized this, right? I organized the kitchen and it wouldn't stay organized. And I would feel so defeated, like, <laughs> oh. But here I was, right? Again, yeah. trying to control this one thing that I could. Right. So I realized quite quickly, I'm like, I need a therapist, a good therapist and a new doctor, of course. And a new doctor, yes. So I find a new doctor, great recommendations. And I just had this feeling to ask and say, do you know any good therapists? And he gave me a, uh, someone that I reached out to and just him and his team. And then this therapist that I was working with, mm -hmm. just them together were fantastic. Mm -hmm. And they just really helped get me back to being strong and healthy physically as well as mentally. Okay. And in this, these moments, I would be sitting in therapy and the ther my therapist would say, I am pretty sure you have ADHD. 
And I'm like, no, no, You have been no hearing way. it for years. And then here goes the therapist, right? But <laughs> the therapist. Funny. But serious. Right. And I'm like, huh. Like, maybe, but it can't be that bad. And then my doctor, I'm pretty sure you're ADHD. He's like, I think we should try something for it. And I was like, no, no. Because here I am thinking, I already deal with anxiety. I just went through this like horrific traumatic experience. I have like white coat syndrome now. Like my blood pressure <laughs> would be so high just because I'm in a doctor's office, right? So I, I, and I, I was like, oh, I'm not comfortable with it. I'm afraid it'll just like make me feel more anxious. And they educate me. Then I'm in therapy. He brings it up again three times. So three months, my doctor and my therapist are trying to not like push, but just, I think you would be do surprisingly well, you know? So I finally say, okay, let's try it and decided to go to accept their diagnosis because both of them mm -hmm. were telling it to me. And then that's when I said, can you two work together? And they were like, yes, absolutely. And that was, that I feel was very important. I was lucky to have that because now my general uh, practitioner and my therapist work together yeah. to, to help me be in a good, stable, healthy place. Yeah. So it, it's, it's amazing. And I always speak on that as much as possible to have, you really need the community. You need a team. You yeah. need people that are there for you. And then this whole experience also taught me who in my life was not I don't like using the word toxic. We'll say disruptive. <laughs> we'll use that word. A friend that's of mine. Close. Pretty close. A friend of mine will say disruptive. I'm like, that's good. So I was able to <clears throat> reevaluate the relationships of friends and unfortunately some family members that were uh, disruptive. And not in a positive way. And through therapy and the strength of that guidance, I was able to learn the tools I needed to learn to distance myself from mm -hmm. particular people and and not and people that I would work with in the future as well. So that went so that was very helpful. Then I just started to improve. My health got better. Uh, the first time I ever tried medication for ADHD, I fell back asleep because I took half of what was prescribed and I fell right back asleep. So I thought, okay, I didn't have a panic attack. I'm okay. And it ended up helping with the anxiety and helping with everything else because it just quieted my mind. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, so the what if, what if, what if, mm -hmm. what if, the worry about every little thing just, just right. got quiet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I could and, and I've heard, I'm sorry, it's, it's really interesting to listen to you say that because some people see it as not being so foggy, right? Some people describe it as it's just, like you said, it's a calmness, it's a clearness it gives people a chance to think through what they need to do and i yes. understand i'm very respectful of those who have some struggles with different medications i completely understand that but when you find one that works yes those experiences can be so humbling and so powerful so yeah mm -hmm. and without it without that i would probably just end up where I was before, you know, still stuck in bad relationships with destructive people working in a, even though I was working for myself, but, you know, still attracting a clientele mm -hmm. base that was not great for my mental health. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just could really, have that time and those moments to be 
still to be quiet and to start mm. meditating again and doing the inner work. And I like that. I mean, you shared so much, Jenny, that I mean, I really want people to understand that you can start with struggles, but there is hope to get out of those struggles, right? And it may not be the same path that you took, but there is hope that you will see the light as some of us say someday, right? And mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you shared that. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you today, today you still have children, you're starting your new business um, and you are extremely busy on social media, connecting with mm -hmm. so many wonderful people. What do you do for yourself today? How do you take care of you? Uh, well, First, I'm going to drink some water. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes. So, I mean, this is huge, right? Because what I learned going through all of this and, and becoming, uh, starting to network on, on social media with incredible individuals like yourself and these communities of other women with ADHD, it's like now my story makes sense. Yeah. From the time I was little, through all of the things I had done, the achievements, mm -hmm. the perfectionism, all of it, the tenacity. I mean, I even like left out things I accomplished, you know, in my younger high school years, because it's just, you know, all of it makes sense because it's like, wow, okay, yes, like this is a way, this incredible gift and, and superpower, right? As long as you take good care of yourself yeah, and without Yes, without the self-care, it's like you might as well be prepared to take five steps back for every step you take forward, mm. you know, because it's just so easy. It's so easy to prevent a crash like that. Yeah. It's so easy to prevent burnout from happening. It's so easy to prevent even fatigue, even compassion fatigue. It's so easy. And all you need is, you know, the medical attention you need to keep your body strong and healthy, yeah. right? and your mind strong and healthy, mm -hmm. your spirit strong and healthy, and to know what's okay to say no to, and then to be, to give yourself grace. Agreed, agreed. So let me ask you, so one of the things we talked about, you talked about through the whole um, interview is community. And I think some mm -hmm. people have trouble finding that community or mm -hmm. they find an unhealthy community and are afraid to walk away. How, what would your advice be in terms of finding the right community for them? Ooh. This, I believe, may be somewhat controversial, but in, in, my, in my opinion, you won't find a good, healthy, empowering, uplifting community or uh, loved ones or, you know, even family or partners in business or relationships. It's impossible hmm. to find your community until you really have put that work in and you know yourself mm. like the 
back of your hand, which is an expression. I don't even know the back of my hand, <laughs> but you get my point. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's like until you're at that point, because so many people I see, and I did it myself, is we rush into a, a community of people. We, we rush into what should be best for us, what's, what it's supposed to be, right? And we, we rush into that because someone else somewhere said, oh, you need this, <laughs> right? right? You need these people. But truly, 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 it's like there's, it can just be smoke and mirrors or it can just be another dysfunctional moment and more heartbreak and relearning because it's until you take the time to stop and decide I'm going to be the tortoise and not the hare because my ego is completely removed from this situation. Mm -hmm. I don't care what people have to say about me. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. I don't care about how I look or show up or all of that, all of that ego, all of that just illusion of camaraderie it's like once you know oh when i have the car or i have the house i my house is like a little thousand square foot three bedroom two bath house with the four of us and two pets i love my home and i'll tell you what we have an incredible amount of equity in this house as well as the chance to go and we're completely debt free. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so oh, it's yeah. like to me, that's wealth, right? <laughs> Having those relationships, that's wealth. So it's like until you can let go of, I need this bag, I need this device, I need these shoes I need this body I need you know this to be with this group over here because it'll make me all of a sudden have this significance that I should have <laughs> it, it, it's like all of it's an illusion that you just have to let go of and take the moment of saying okay I am ready to go to the scariest place I've ever been in my entire life, which is getting incredibly quiet and radically honest about what's going on in here. Yeah. And once you have a hold of that, then you find your community. Because once you, it's like that whole saying, you know, if you spot it, you got it, right? Right. Which is normally used in a negative connotation, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, that person is an alcoholic. Well, if you spot it, you might got it, right? <laughs> like it's a saying in like, if it, the 12-step community, right? It's like that tough love piece. But until you really do that inner work and you're okay with you and that I can sit here and I'm like, okay, I'm doing the podcast, we're filming this and I'm sitting in my bed right now with like scrubs on, but this cute jacket, you know, with my headboard, like the lighting's not great. I have a clean laundry to fold over there. Probably should get to the bathroom at some point. Eh. But until you really get to this yeah. place of it's okay. Right. 
right? Because yeah. what matters first is my mental health, the way I'm feeling, because I cannot show up for my best friend, mm -hmm. my sister, my husband, my children. I can't show up for clients. I can't show up for anyone before I show up for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. And then if they have, the audience has any more questions for you, where can they find you? And then also what are the other sites? Like you have your rooms and clubhouse. So where, where's yes. everywhere they can find you? Everywhere they can find me. Yes. So uh, the best place right now, I, so I do have a website, but I'm updating it with my new current things. Um, so the best place to be right now is over on Instagram and then the link in my bio, I have a like social tap, like a link tree type yeah. thing put together. So that should, I mean, that that's up. That'll, by the time you air this, it's, it's up. I'm literally have like two little things to do left okay. on it and it's there. So Go to my Instagram at Jenny A. Hansen with an E, H-A-N-S-E-N, -E and just tap that link in the Instagram bio and you'll see, you know, okay, this is where Jenny is on Clubhouse. Here's where her Discord or her, you know, my, my, my Discord, my WhatsApp or community text line or, okay, here's her freebies. This is her website, like where everything's living. Wow. So just check Perfect. it out. And that's, like I said, this new business, this digital business and digital products I'm working on right now. And of course, it, it's really, that is just, it, it's in there and it's on the back burner for now because it's all about just the freebies right now. Mm -hmm. Like I just want to do a lot of freebies. I have a self-care calendar, nice. which will help prevent burnout that I, I've put a lot into that is just amazing. And then you can change it for yourself of course and i love i mean any way i can support other people with what they're doing on clubhouse i'm happy to support in that way and give back and teach others you know if you if you're new to clubhouse okay i can teach you what i learned and what not to do <laughs> But later on, you know, where my heart and soul is on my website, that looks like more of like meditations, mm. conversations, and really diving into uh, finding and identifying your personal and your own feminine yeah. energy love it and just how to embrace that with confidence and then once you get that then let's get you cruising on how to make your own money in whatever way that looks like and set up your business whatever that is you know so a lot of different things but that yeah that's where your heart is my, that's where my heart is. So the link, the link tree or social tap, whatever it's called mm -hmm. in Instagram bio, go look at that. Perfect. Yeah. And there's questions too. So absolutely, absolutely. So Jenny, I'm so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's been wonderful, educational. Thank you for sharing your heart. So I'm just happy that you agreed to come on. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. You've been a very pivotal person in my life because, you know, once I did get this diagnosis and didn't have community yet and was still working on myself, you are one of those women that just was right there just at that perfect time when I needed needed the community of the women with ADHD. So yeah, I'm just so thankful for you. I'd do anything for you. So <laughs> you 
Same. As long same. as my cup is full, <laughs> you are welcome to as much as you need. <laughs> You're so funny. Love it. And I love you. Thank you. Bye, Jenny. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.